Mm-hmm. All right. Are well, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. As ready as I'm going to be for this movie. <laughs> I know. I know. I, like, I had to rally myself when I realized when Brandon told me what this movie was. I had to go. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, oh, I, I, get, I, think, I think I get a turn soon. I think I get a oh, turn. Absolutely. Soon. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think it's not, that's too funny. Well, welcome to the show, you, me, and your mom, a show where three people sit down and talk about whatever they want to talk about. I'm your host today, Eric, and we're joined today by our other two hosts, my best friend, Brandon. Hey. And my mom, Mom. Hello. Her name is Sandy. How are you guys today? Well, I'm doing really well. Since we've defaulted to me, I will go there. I'm doing well. It's a Saturday morning in Nashville. I guess it's a Saturday morning everywhere, right? I was going to say. Well, well, everywhere, like, this side of the planet. This um, side of the planet, yeah. Yeah. So it's raining. And so that's okay. But it is springtime. So everything's starting to be green and wonderful. And it's Saturday. So I don't work today. And that's yeah. kind of nice, too. I enjoy my job, but I also enjoy my days off. That's a win. I don't even have a project lined up. I have six books, six new books to read. Wow. So. I don't think I'll get through all of them since three of them are Ken Follett books um, this weekend. However, I will make as big a dent as possible. Well so, done. That's there exciting. you go. There That's you how go. I know it's exciting weekend for me. Yeah. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing all right. Contemplating whether I should bust the mower out today or whether I could put it off for a few more days. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most dad of leans I think I've ever seen. <laughs> You don't even have kids. You just lean back like a dad did. That was, that was well done. Yeah. You even threw in the, uh, the sigh there. I appreciated it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I could do it today. I don't know if I should do it today, probably, but I just don't want to. I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's a nice day out though here in Michigan. So we'll see how the uh, weather holds. Well, it's been pretty good down here. I've got big plans this weekend. I got to do a lot of uh, planting more plants and, and running uh sprinkler lines yeah I mean, you, you, for those that are younger listening to us this is all the really cool stuff you get to do on weekends <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> we're an exciting group aren't we <laughs> the other half of our podcast listenership they're like yeah this is, sounds great yeah get messages on you know what, what you plan in this time of year and everything but yeah there's two different definite age groups on our podcast i mean i'm gonna go to the dispensary grab some gummies and take an awesome hike later on yeah there you go there you <laughs> bring it back man you're bringing it back yeah, yeah. <laughs> making us relevant well done <laughs> I may go get some cheeseburgers later. Not it's, sure about that. It's oh, lit, yo. <laughs> it's lit, yo. <laughs> wow. You can tell that's dated now. That's too funny. Uh, yeah. You get some avocado t- a toast for some of those older millennials. <laughs> some. Yeah. Even those things are dated, guys. Is all I'm oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on TikTok and they say stuff and I'm like, I, I, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of one of the food blogs I follow is like, we just made cronuts. I was like, oh, cool! I didn't realize it was 2014. Yeah, yeah, they're just now catching up. Yeah, they're so proud to be six years behind. Right? I know, right? <laughs> well, we watched the movie. <laughs> is that what that was? I wasn't quite sure. Oh, we watched the movie. So, for those that are listening, especially for those that are joining for the first time, we have a recurring segment. Well, every now and then, I make Brandon. And especially Brandon watched old action movies from the 80s and 90s. The reason why is Brandon never grew up watching violent movies, so it was never a thing for him. And so we find it absolutely hilarious to pick a really bad action movie and torture him with it. And it's turned into a reincurring thing, which I have yet to get tired of. And apparently you guys have yet to get tired of either for those that are listening. It's just one of those things that we love his pain and we get so much out of it. So the tables have turned, though, this week. (laughs) Uh, Brandon got to pick the movie and Brandon did something really evil. See, since I didn't get to watch these dark action movies and things growing up, I watched a bunch of kid movies and family-friendly things and musicals. And let me tell you, folks, there are some gems. Um, you can see the budgets in these movies or, or the lack thereof sometimes. Um, so I, and especially going back and looking at some of these, you just wonder, how were these made for children? Or, or just how little did we think of children back then? And, and it's easy to see. And uh, so... Picked up one of my great Halloween favorites when I was a younger child, uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, starring the late, great Jim Varney. (sighs) (laughs) 
And if that side doesn't tell you everything you want to know about Eric's opinion of the movie, <laughs> buckle in. So, well, you didn't tell them everything. So oh, no. I, Brandon knows me and I think that's what it is. Brandon has known me and we've established the fact we have known each other for years and years and years and years and years. And he knew if he told me what the movie is going to be ahead of time, I have this tendency to look things up and do research, right? So this man has figured this out. So on Friday night, we were scheduled to watch this on Tuesday. On Friday night, I said, Brandon, what's the movie? I texted him and he just ignored me. <laughs> he literally just ignored me. And it's like, oh, yeah, sorry, forgot to reply. Uh, <laughs> And I realized that was because he wanted to spring this on me because he wanted to see my face when he told me what we were watching. <laughs> oh, and it was worth it. <laughs> so Tuesday night, we watched Ernest Scared Stupid. We did it together. In fact, you can catch us with our live streaming. We're going to be dropping a bonus episode, as usual, which is our unedited uh, take on the movie. It's our first time watching it. It's just our honest to goodness reactions. It's a lot of fun. You'd be surprised how much we laugh and giggle and we make really funny jokes throughout it. And it's a good time. So what you can do is go check out that bonus episode. And what happens is you can push play on the movie when we tell you to push play and it syncs up our track with the movie and you can watch the movie as you hear our jokes and us just straight up reaction. But I got to be honest with you. There are moments where I'm just um, stunned to silence. <laughs> I was going to say shrieking in pain. I, chanting why to the universe i think i was curled up in the fetal position half the movie i think you can hear the pain and anguish through my voice now the amount of times that you buried your face in your hands and just like feverishly rubbed your eyes hoping that you didn't see what you had just seen i'm just gonna keep i'm gonna get a little click counter next time i know i know and i think this is this is my uh this is my brandon's um uh, Highlander two moment where it was just <laughs> at the point where I kind of looked at Brandon and I was like, this is how Brandon felt when I made him watch Highlander two. I feel like we have this connection It's forged a fire. So <laughs> without further ado, do we want to talk about, I probably want to introduce the movie a little bit and then kind of talk into why, even though it's an absolutely garbage of a movie, why we should watch it, which is far more interesting. So all right. Well, thumbs up, thumbs down. Our traditional starting question. What do we think? I, I think I've made it very clear, but <laughs> got to make it official. Yeah, my thumbs are way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was not a movie I would choose to watch on my own. And now that I've seen it, this is not a movie I will ever watch again. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, my thumbs are dragging on the ground. They are. I couldn't put well, them down any further. It, it just kind of goes back to what I said about how little we thought of children. Uh, and, you know, to some degree still do. But there's a lot more better written content nowadays. Now, there's still a lot of crap and yeah. just things that don't make sense because we're just not laughing toddlers or small children anymore or maybe middle schoolers who haven't quite gotten out of the little kid mindset yet um but th the story the plot is is looser that well never mind um <laughs> like wait a minute <laughs> i don't know where i'm going with that and i don't want to try to careful, i don't want to pick that up <laughs> there are limits to this podcast sir <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, and, and there's also an aspect of it where I, I was watching it and part of the movie is you have to be a fan of the character of Ernest. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this, this character that Jim Varney started doing for commercials back in the eighties. And I, I forget what the count was finally, but I think he did like over a hundred and eighty or some different, everywhere. yeah, different and all kinds of different products, which is crazy because you know usually what, nowadays I'm sure that if someone would hire someone as a character actor for a specific character, there would be some kind of exclusivity contract. But I mean, he was like hawking like brake pads and oh. candy bars and, and sodas and like winter tires, just like everything you can imagine. He did a commercial for back in the day, as, as you know this this janitor in a denim vest named yeah. Ernest, you know, and then, you know, it became popular enough. They gave that Disney gave him a four movie picture deal through touchstone pictures. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, this was actually the last one of those four and, you know, it didn't do so great as they'd hoped. And so they cut the contract after that and he took it up with another studio for a while. And they just went, started doing direct to video movies. Uh Cause I remember there was like Ernest saves Christmas Ernest goes to jail and Ernest goes to camp. And I don't know, Ernest, you know, accomplishes desert storm. Who knows? Like there was like an Ernest does something. It seemed every other year. Yeah. Um, but but the thing that really kind of not shocks me, but yeah, it kind of shocks me was how like we didn't recognize anybody else in this movie save Eartha Kit. Yeah. Um, like usually even in, in like crappy movies, like you you'll have like some kind of like character actors or one-off stars and you know people that you're like oh yeah i remember him from back then he did this this and this nobody like even looking up the the voice actor of the troll you know the the bad guy in this movie like didn't recognize anything else he did yeah Um, and and it's just and again just kind of touching on this is very much kind of like a snapshot of the time because this was based around the character you know he had this penchant for uh doing these like multiple personality characters where he'd have full costume changes and appear as them during like this whole like you know is he having a conversation with himself is he actually doing these things um that was one of his things and then also kind of like he'd say you know i always you know i was always told this that and the other and it would flash back to like you know this like teacher character and him as a boy standing yeah. in front of a chalkboard, like, you know, Which writing something may have been the one of two jokes that actually kind of learned for me to be. Yeah. Honest. You did laugh pretty hard at that one. Yeah, well, it was just that sudden smack of Christ's head. It was just, it was, it, it, it was very much like, anger. a. what's yeah. that? I said, it's probably because I had such anger to the character at that moment. <laughs> that it's when like, I saw yes. him actually be physically abused. Although that's not, it's terrible. It made me <laughs> laugh to be honest. For so, sure. Yeah. Well, we could talk about, before we actually get into the movie, we could talk about uh, the late, great Jim. Um, you know, he's interesting to me because, you know, he started as a comic and he specialized in character comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, before he got really famous as Ernest, he did this whole thing where he jumped from characters to characters to characters. Right. And that was apparently his stand-up gig. So when we see that in the movie, he's leaning into that. Sure. Which... You know, we could talk about, oh, by the way, spoilers for a terrible 20-something-year-old movie. <laughs> Almost 30-something-year-old. No, it's 30 years old. It was made 91. 30 years. That's crazy. Anyway, so we could talk about that, but I think it's interesting where we see some things that Ernest was doing, or Jim was doing, that he started with, and he's still doing in his movies. But the inexplicableness of the idea that Ernest got popular in the first place. That to me, I can't, I look back at my childhood and as a kid, we just accepted that these Ernest movies existed. We just accepted that Ernest was in a thousand different commercials. We just never once questioned it, but where were the adults? (laughs) Why were they questioning the popularity of Ernest? Is there any insight as to why we all just accepted as a society that Ernest was around and two, we were going to watch his movies? I guarantee you no one's going to have an answer to that. Question. I, yeah. So I, I, re- I remember Ernest being on those milk commercials before the movie. So he was all about the milk commercials, which, by the way, played into this movie, mm-hmm. by the way. But he became f- famous on those milk commercials because they were clever and they were funny and kind of cute and wholesome. And that's where he got his popularity was from those milk com- commercials. Mm-hmm. You know, that know what I mean, Vern? Yeah, sure. and, and that's his famous catchphrase, yeah. Yeah, that was the catchphrase. And so they took that character, Ernest P. Worrell, and made these, these movies from that, that advertisement, um, which was a little scary in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But, but that's, that's what I remember. I, the commu- commercials were cute. Um, I had previously watched Ernest Goes to Camp when – you were smaller, Eric, but that was the extent of my earnest things. Because for me, it's cute at first. It's like, okay. After about 10 minutes, it's like, okay, mm. enough. Stop. Change your shtick. Mm-hmm. He never does, yeah. though. He just leads further into it. And looking at it, it's, it's kind of like 
watching the the last not the last but kind of the shift from you know in the 70s we had a lot of like blue collar heroes you know a lot of focus on like truckers and mm-hmm. and you know just like you know factory workers and things like that these became the heroes they were representing the everyman and then in the 80s we got more into the shift of you know greed is good and and the rich guy is you know either you know the hero to be um you know a t- or something to be attained or, you know, money makes things right, things like that, just bigger and better, even if it's not obvious and blatant like that, you know, just the scale of, of movies and things got bigger and more grandiose. Just look right. at the effects on the, the first Batman movie. Like Kevin Smith, you know, one of my favorite directors and, and geek icon is um, just saying well known for saying that you know when he was in the theater as like a teenager watching that first bat or the first batman trailer and you just see the batmobile just like blast down the street um you know that had never happened before not just because it was a comic book movie but just the scale of something like that like who's going to put that much money into a vehicle that can't go faster than 35 miles per hour for you know one movie you know or two movies in this case but so we kind of see that and that like Ernest is kind of like one of these last like everyman characters to kind of squeak through like that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's definitely it's funny how we are pulling out some philosophy in a movie as dumb as this is. But when you look at it, the hero is definitely portrayed as that everyday small town. He's a garbage man. Mm-hmm. And he said, "No, hey, he's the ruler of refuse." He's oh, a, sorry, <laughs> ruler of refuse. The Duke of Dust. The Zaro jars. <laughs> I love how Sandy's just like angrily saying these now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he, it was weird that he was so proud of it, uh, of all these names. Not, you know, it's just, yeah. He thought mm-hmm. he was super clever ripping off a Babe Ruth. But anyway, long story story short, it's interesting how we see that philosophy. And yes, the troll is the evil one on this. But you know who's the secondary villain? Is the mayor? He's always, by the way, the secondary villain in sure. stuff. And he's just evil. He's evil corporate, right? That's exactly what he is. Right. So there's this antithesis going on where we have movies like Wall Street running around uh, during this time, where you know greed is good, is super popular. This idea that get what you, you know, you know, go after what you want. Those are the heroes, even if they you know are kind of like anti-heroes, where they're willing to break the laws to get whatever they want. And then, meanwhile, you've got the Ernest franchise running around where. I'm supposed to accept the idea that this is family value. It has value to my family Uh, beyond evil corporate. I don't see what the value is, but it is interesting that we see an everyday hero because you don't see them as much as anymore. In fact, I can't think of a recent hero uh, franchise that focuses on the everyday man. When's the last time we've seen any of those? So. Yeah, that's a because good even if day. even if they are the everyday man, you know, they start out as the everyman, they become, you know, oh, no, you're actually the descendant of or they become yeah. a special agent of or, you know, they stumble upon some secret that transforms them into they don't just stay the everyman anymore. Everyone yeah. becomes and transforms, which isn't, you know, bad. Yeah. It's just we just don't get to see the everyman stay the everyman. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I'm looking at, like, you know, perfect comparison is Stranger Things, right? Because that's obviously based, it's a recreation, a lovingly recreation of, you know, 80s tropes, right? Stranger mm-hmm. Things straight up is. But <clears throat> having said that, our aver- everyday men heroes in that, they're transformed. I mean, as we go throughout that, you know, you got Eleven, who straight up got powers. You got these others that are changing, they're morphing into something different. So even then, the comparison starts fading away. It's just not something that we, you do anymore where the hero is the, an everyday hero and he stays the everyday hero into the very end. He's static. Nothing about that particular hero right. changes. So it's just interesting, the philosophy there. And they're obviously making a comparison that, you know, the family way of life in the suburbs is better. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the obvious comparison. So let's actually get into it. Let's talk about some things that they might have actually done well in this movie. There are, you know, it's on one hand. It's really super easy. I thought the uh, prosthetics for the troll wasn't bad. I'll give them that. Yeah, they did some spectacular physical effects. Yes, they did. Um, the troll itself, the uh, like troll seedling pod things, the yeah. 
evil Brussels sprouts, whatever you want to call them that grew on the tree. Yeah. Like those were fantastic. Like, like I mentioned it during, you know, the movie itself, like the little, they look like Brussels sprouts and then they get kind of these like pock marks on them. And they're these weird, like slimy slithery tendrils that come out. And you don't really realize it because you think it's just something oozing, but then you realize, no, they're moving like specific ways and, and it's gross, but it's really well done. Effective. It's effective. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to me. They spent a lot of money where they spent their most money was obviously prosthetics and what was interesting is like there's like i know what what happened there There was some puppetry they were pulling cords in and out of that that's how they were Mm -hmm. doing it oh sure pretty sure that's how they're doing it oh for sure made the cords really gross but that's what they were yeah and and you couldn't see you know whatever was underneath necessarily like whatever solution they did to make it look all snotty and gooey and gross like it it didn't just like slime away It, it held fairly well yeah and the troll was actually pretty well done too like uh uh, you know, obviously that was a person in the head and then there was some, you know, puppet strings that were pulling to move his mouth and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty obvious what they were doing. <laughs> Having said that, it was really well executed. I was surprised mm-hmm. how ex- well executed it was. Uh, you know, it was interesting. There were a couple moments that I think that would probably genuinely frighten children, which, again, remember, this is a Halloween movie, right? It's oh, yeah. I remember scary. the first time I saw this, I was probably six or so. And I like legitimately like had some shivery times <laughs> yeah it was i think the one that probably was the best was when the, the girl was in her bed and she the camera's on her face and then it pulls over really fast and the troll's in the bed with her and you realize yeah. that it was a a dream but he's right there in the bed with her i think mm-hmm. that could have been legitimately scary well, well yeah because well the setup for that is that you know her was it her mom or her dad one of her parents is like yeah. all right you know elizabeth time to go to bed she's like there's a monster under my bed can you please look you know oh don't be silly there's nothing there yeah. you know and she's like okay and you know parent goes closes the door she slowly like leans down looks under and it's just her stuffed animal and she's like oh good da, 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 da. and she rolls back over and has it playfully on her chest and and then like the camera pans and the troll is like you said, laying right there beside her. And that shock value is, I, I remember that legitimately freaked me out as a kid. I'm pretty sure that like I pulled a blanket over my face when it happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some shock value there, which was interesting. As adults, we know what's coming, right? We mm-hmm. see it a thousand times, but as a kid, that can really, yeah. you know, scare you a little bit. I'll tell you the also, other thing that it can be honestly, really kind of scary for a kid <laughs> is when he starts talking in the other kids voices to get yes. the other kids. Oh yeah. Kenny, that? come on, Kenny. He's just like taunting him with his best female friend's voice, who, you know, at this point has been turned into a wooden doll. I don't think Kenny knows that yet. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows that. Um, but yeah, he just hears her voice. And then he realizes that like, at first he sees it. He's like, oh no, and he's running. Right. And then the troll knows that he knows that he's using Elizabeth and he just keeps using her voice to taunt him. That was terrifying. Oh yeah. Because yeah. And he's running from the troll. At that point, the troll, there's no element of surprise. The troll is just doing it just to mess with the kid. Mm-hmm. And as he's chasing the kid, and it's interesting to see that Stephen King level stuff. I mean, yeah. that's that was I. I have to admit, out of the whole movie, I'm going to tell you right now, that whole movie that was probably my most favorite, interesting moment was them doing that because the idea was there. We could have actually easily turned this into something really scary. Now I know this was a kids' movie, but. Sure. That concept of a troll using other people's voices to lure people and then sometimes just taunt them, just to mock them, let them know that he's eating the other ones, basically, or turn them into dolls anyway. That's a cool concept. I'm not going to lie. That's yeah. a fun one. Uh, so there's a couple things. Uh, you know, so Should we quit give a rundown of the movie where we're just kind of oh, hopping around? Yeah, here. we are. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. So, so it starts off, you know, the movie starts off, you know, and it says some time ago. And it, we don't get a definite like year or anything. Like we get no frame of reference. Other than that, it's a little girl running through the woods and she's in like kind of like settlers, like, like you know, the, oh, this movie takes place in Missouri. So they're wearing like prairie, like homesteader era clothing. Um, so like I said, you know, we, we never get a definite date. Um, and you find out that this troll is chasing this girl and he's about to catch her and gets caught by a net. Um, and then you see uh, Ernest's, uh, you know, some kind of ancestor. I think his name was Phineas Worrell. Yeah, Phineas Worrell, Phineas Worrell. Um, captures him and, you know, says, you know, we're going to we're going to 
we trapped this troll and we're going to bury him in the earth underneath and plant a tree over top of him. And uh, as he's as they're doing this, the troll curses him that Phineas Worrell's ancestor or descendants will become dumber and dumber and dumber until the stupidest one, you know, of all will set him free, basically. Um, and then it, we come to the present and we have it doesn't say like 100 years later or present day. Like we obviously know it's the present, but we still have no frame of reference. Looking at the Wikipedia page or maybe it was the IMDb page, found out it was 100 years. So. Yeah. So apparently, like the beginning of the movie is in 1891, if this takes place in 1991. Um, so then uh, the whole thing is uh, there's this troll has been trapped under this tree and cursed to, you know, reside there. And Ernest sets him free at one point. He's like, so basically, if an ancestor of Phineas P. Worrell, like me, puts his hand on a tree like this one and says, I summon thee, Trantor the Troll, come forth. That'll release Trantor the Troll. And of course, like he's doing this on this biggest, scariest, most out of place in Missouri ever tree. Like this thing looks like a banyan tree growing in, in yeah. you know, made up Missouri. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, of course, that releases the troll. Now, Trantor has until like, midnight on the following evening i think it's halloween to take to capture five children's souls and he does this by turning them into wooden dolls and when he does that he'll release like his army of trolls mm -hmm. and you know darkness will cover the earth all that good stuff yeah sure that's pretty much the whole plot the rest yeah. of it's just details it so when we're looking at this movie kind of breaking it down so if you look at the first scenes right this whole concept of of Ernest is the dumbest of his family. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I feel about that. What I mean it's, by it's, that, he's kind of an idiot savant. He's an idiot savant. <laughs> it's interesting how he works so hard at being stupid. Like for instance, his um, inventions about you know when he's working his job where he's yeah. trying to get mops and clean up. Yeah, he's got like a rig with like six mops and six buckets, and that's kind of like automated. And and they're dunking into the buckets just fine, but I have no idea you know how they're supposed to be wrung out and then used to clean a floor after that. Because isn't it like mounted to the front of his garbage truck as it well? Is. Yeah, is. yeah. There's so it's like he really gets aggressively stupid with his stuff, which I know is supposed to be part of the joke but at the same time like i'm gonna ruin everything i know we're not supposed to take this movie seriously but i'm having a hard time understanding that, that this was marketed to kids and that there are some impressionable kids out there <laughs> so here's here's what you know it's funny because at my age i've watched oh, several generations at this point come through and our view of how we Handle children and what's appropriate for children has changed yeah. over the decades. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I can remember when I was a kid, we literally were just let loose. We, we, we didn't, no one watched us. Yeah. Um, if we didn't show up for lunch, they just assumed we were at somebody else's house for lunch. That was not an uncommon thing um, across the United States. Yeah. And it, it continued. And, Today, you know, if you have your six or seven-year-old out in the yard playing unsupervised, it's it's considered child neglect, and so it it's changed a lot. and And there are reasons for the change. I'm not saying that it was better back then. So that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm saying that we as a culture have learned to to shelter our children more. And so I watched that movie, and I think, well, yes, that's what we presented to our children. You know, even the Goonies, which I actually like the Goonies, yeah, by the way, but you know, it can be a little frightening for kids sure, um, sure. when you think about it. Yeah, you know, finding a dead body with a bullet through its forehead right? in a freezer. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and even the cartoons and things that I watched growing up to, you know, they're no longer shown for a reason. Right. Um, True. You know, they're 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 not. And so, I think I think part of it is we're looking at it. From 2021, right. but this movie was was made 30 years ago. Now I don't want to excuse this movie because it was not a very good movie, no, even in 1991. Even yeah, not even 1991. No. It was a considered. But we're talking about the kids, and, yeah, and so yeah. you know that's that's what we thought was appropriate at the time. So yeah, yeah. we probably should all apologize to all the younger people. Yeah. <laughs> We thought we were better than our parents. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. It's just interesting. And you watch this and these kids are running around all around this town and mom and dad are just off doing whatever they're doing. Right. And, but the thing is you look at it in context, you're like, 
oh, we used to do that. You know, yeah, like I, I didn't have a problem with that aspect because yeah. this was kind of like the ending of the age of innocence. Like we were kind of the last ones, me and Eric's generation that, you know, just hop on our bikes in the morning and go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did that all the time. Yeah. And it was just how things were done back then. It was only 30 years ago that, you know, kids just ran around and it was just this concept. These kids will take care of themselves a little bit. It's not that mom was a bad parent. In fact, I had, a, I was considered unusual. Mom made me check in every two hours. Uh, you know, and that was considered, oh my gosh, she's, she's a helicopter parent. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was so strict. Yeah. It was so strict. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe check in every two hours. It was really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, now looking back now, I'm just kind of like, well, <laughs> things have changed, but you know, I wasn't really, you know, you know, we talk about that in the philosophy of child rearing, but it's just this idea of, you know, it's funny to be aggressively stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. See, see, I didn't have a problem with that aspect. The, the thing that kind of made me go really was the fact that, and it's, it's the second paragraph, the first sentence of the second paragraph on the IMDB underplot, you know, 100 years later, after the curse was placed, Ernest, a sanitation worker, helps a few of his middle school friends. I was going to get to that. Yeah. It's the fact that these like nine and 10 year olds are hanging out with this like 40 year old, slightly mentally incompetent, just like garbage man. Yeah. And it's weird that the town just kind of takes that in stride. Sure. No one. It could be the fact that, oh, yeah, that's Ernest. You know, he, you know, works the community center and, you know, runs the softball program. I mean, there are those adults that like everyone knows and trusts. Right. Fine. But at the same time, like he doesn't prove to be like a super thoughtful or careful person. And that's what's interesting to me. Like he and these kids are running roughshod around this town. And his best friends are his dog and these kids. Right. And the entire town accepts it for what it is. And yeah, there are adults he can trust. But Ernest in his previous adventures has not established at all that he's trustworthy with your kids at all. Competent is not necessarily a word I'd associate with Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah, he's not responsible at all. He's getting these kids in all kinds of weird, you know, he just got back from jail, even even though he was cleared of any wrongdoing, he did get back from jail. There are no questions in this small town. I I just want to point that out. There are absolutely no questions. In fact, you know, anytime we have an adult that interacts with Ernest, they all act treat him like the idiot he kind of is but they're really mean about it right yeah but yet they're cool with their kids running around with them it's just an interesting dynamic that is just accepted uh Mm. in this in this town so the reason why that's interesting is they go to build a tree house and bullies knock the first tree house down and Ernest is like i got you covered and that's where (laughs) they start building a giant tree house on the on the very tree the troll was trapped under with yeah Go ahead. I was going to say, with all of the inventions that are crazy, uh, they invent like pizza throwing cannons. They invent all kinds. There's like dog food launcher, canned dog food launchers that like open the cans and like like fire the dog food. And and it's all with things from the dump. Like he says specifically, he's like, man, it's a good, great thing. We had all this great stuff laying around the dump. And like one, they're in the middle of the forest. There's like an old metal bed frame. There are large like oil drums. There are like. What is this town doing? (laughs) Yeah. One, what is this town doing? Two, how did they haul this out? out in the middle of the forest because there are trees all around them. It's not like he just brought the garbage truck out here loaded up with it or, or even his pickup necessarily. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just odd. And oh, by the way, here's something interesting. The pizzas that they chunked at the bullies when the when they first finished the treehouse, which is still really, you know, still quite, in, you know, barely into the movie, only like 10, 15 minutes into the movie. Uh, those pizzas are left over from the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Secret of the Ooze movie set. Really? Apparently that was filming at the same time. <laughs> That's hilarious. So apparently these are props that were used. They were left over from that terrible sequel. <laughs> wow. Now I remember that terrible sequel. I'm going on a caveat now because I saw it Christmas time. Uh, Mom sent my brother and I to the movies to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Ooze at the movie theater. The movie theater was attached to the mall and she went and did her Christmas shopping while we watched that and i remember vanilla ice <laughs> go ninja uh, go ninja go 
Yeah. 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 That was another dumb movie. <laughs> uh, that's for another time. But anyway, yeah, those are props of leftovers. So there's some interesting trivia that goes on in this movie for sure. Uh, it's like, for instance, like this was the last one that Touchstones did for Ernest after this. I think it only made $14 million, this particular movie. Yeah. So in the box office. So Touchstone was done. And it's interesting. Apparently, like Ernest Goes to Camp made a lot of money. Uh, and then it slowly ebbed after that. And then after that, Ernest went straight to DVDs, which I think he had a couple other adventures. Like, I think he went to Europe or something after this. But anyway, I, I digress. So we have some interesting things that are going on philosophy-wise, child-rearing-wise. But you know who I want to talk about is Bertha Kitt. Yeah. Who is randomly in this movie. Yeah. Like, looking back on it now, it's like, what was she doing? And then thinking about some of her history. Yeah. Like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. So for those that are not interested in Eartha Kitt, she's a very famous singer, American singer. Uh, at one point, she was so popular in America, Orson Welles called her the most exciting woman alive. She played one of the, she played Catwoman in the old Adam West Batman. Yes. Um, I think she was like one of, one of three actresses that did, but you know, she was that popular. Yeah, so she was she was Catwoman. She's got all of these movie credits to her name, uh, all of these songs to make. Uh, whenever you see, whenever you hear Santa Baby mm-hmm. every Christmas a thousand times, that's Eartha Kitt. Mm-hmm. The original is Eartha Kitt, so she is super famous. It was fascinating to see her in this movie. Now, I guess I should give her a little bit of a history as to why her steps that were taken in her life that got her in this case was she had made some anti-Vietnam War comments directly to Mrs. Johnson at the White House. Um, not quite. It was It was not exactly. She kind of threw a little shade on Lady Bird Johnson, actually. Um, oh. It was to the effect that uh, someone asked her, and I, I know I'm muddling the details, but it was more to the effect of, you know, well, well, Miss Kit, like, why are you talking about these things? And it may have been race-related, I believe, not necessarily. Oh. It, it may have been related to the Vietnam War. And she says, well, I, I, I'm, go- I'm using my platform to speak about other things than garden clubs or whatever. And Lady Bird Johnson was very famous about being, you know, kind of the president's wife who did, you know, garden clubs and all these women's auxiliary things like very great, like, you know, magazine photo covers and and, you know, hey, look at what this woman's doing now story headlines and i think it's like oh i'm trying to do something that matters so it wasn't even like something very overt it was just a little little bit of shade Mm. okay that's interesting but yeah yeah because i you know and i probably should have looked it up because it's not like i don't have google but i remember something along the lines of her saying basically why are you sending our boys to die in vietnam but that's also makes a heck of a lot more sense in that context that you just gave me but uh, regardless uh people did not respond well at all in fact her career just died that day um that was interesting to me uh to remember that as we were staring at eartha kit throughout this whole movie you know that she stood up for what she believed in and now she's in an earnest movie as an old woman it was just an interesting thing to see that um it's both sad and interesting, I guess, you know, I don't want to define Eartha Kitt by one terrible movie that she did because she was actually the most interesting character in the whole movie. I thought she was definitely the best actor, like 100% in this movie. Uh, she actually kind of took it serious, which was great. And her, character oh, design. she came to play. Yeah. She her, committed. She uh, committed. Yeah. She was actually really cool in this movie. Like every time she was there, the movie actually picked up for me. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was cool. And I think I said that all right in the movie. I was like, yeah, you know, she's really doing it for me. It's interesting to see how these things play out. And then she winds up in an earnest movie as an older woman playing, you know, this 100-year-old woman. But, yeah, it, it, it's hard for me to come up with one I want to say because I know that Eartha Kitt was an activist for so many years after that, too. So she had this really interesting full life where she was a singer. She was Catwoman. She has a ton of acting credits to her name. She was very famous. She's at the White House. She had this fallout with Mrs. Johnson, super, you know, super mm-hmm. uh, public about it and all this sort of stuff. And then you just randomly see her older in her later years in an earnest scared stupid movie it was just and and like i mentioned earlier as literally the only other recognizable face in this movie yeah 
like yeah. outside of the Ernest verse, because there are like two brothers who are kind of like recurring characters in all of the Ernest properties. Um, but you know, no other like character actors like you'd expect to see, you know, maybe like a Stanley Tobolowsky or John Polito or or one of those faces. It's like, oh hey, it's that guy, or hey, it's that lady. Nobody except, you know, Jim Varney and Eartha Kid. Yeah. It is just it, there was just a lot of interesting things about it. Uh, you know, there's a couple of things about this movie that are genuinely kind of funny. Um, I would say where he has a flashback where his teacher just, when he's a kid, mm-hmm. he has a flashback and the teacher smacks him upside the head. Mm-hmm. I found that really kind of funny. Another one I found was surprisingly funny was he, when he slammed the door uh, against the troll. How the yeah. fuck that, was- that door <laughs> made me genuinely laugh. Like oh. how the troll's face smushed, it was mm-hmm. even his, yes. from his back, but you could still see it smush against the door. Oh yeah, it was actually really funny. Like that was genuinely pretty great. Like the timing on that, like it had to be an accident because no matter how much they planned it, like they could not have done it well. Like just looking at the rest of this movie, like, yeah, like everything else is a disaster. But that one moment was just beautifully crafted. It was just funny. Then there's all kinds of weird things that you're not supposed to think too hard about. Rimshot obviously is a magical dog. Right. I mean, there's just no no doubt in my mind that Rimshot uh, right. Ernest's dog is some sort of magical creature. Well, only a magical creature could drive a truck. Yes. Right? Yes. Without working have I seen it? He's he started this dog, which is a, a Jack Russell Terrier, just randomly starts driving a car with no explanation yeah. and Vern is yelling directions to him. So he's like, turn left rim shot and the dog turns left or turns right, go faster rim shot. Somehow the dog manages to push on the gas pedal. This is all actually in the movie. It's fabulous to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not the first time we see increased intelligence from rim shot. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So yeah. rim shot obviously is a, which begs a question. Here's my theory about this. I don't know if you guys feel about it. I don't think, Here's here's the only theory that I can pitch about Ernest and his dog that makes me sort of accept that Ernest is actually a thing in our universe. Ernest is somehow a magical creature. He's immortal. He just exists, right? That actually wasn't Finellis. It could, you know what? It could be Finellis, uh, his ancestor. He has lost his memories. And as a result, he's lost his memories. He's also gone more dumb. And all of those different personalities that he exhibits is actually fragments from his memory. (laughs) And Grimshot is basically another magical being sent to protect him. And the only way I can justify this is when he slips into his characters, he's fully dressed in his characters. Mm-hmm. Like when he's the lady, he's got makeup on, he's got a wig on, he's everything. And then the hairstyle, the jewelry, the nails, he switches over to being a fighter pilot. He switches over. He's got like nine of these different characters yeah. and he does all of this. Why the town people just put their hands in their pockets and patiently wait for him to finish. Mm-hmm. Like it's normal. That's weird. Yes. It's not normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I want to talk about that. That's just presented with no explanation as to why Ernest is jumping from personality to personality to personality. And the town people just put their hands in their pockets and wait patiently until he's done. Mm-hmm. That's bizarre. Well, you, we even have like we we were wondering, you know, about that the whole time. Like, what's <laughs> happening here? Is he just doing this mentally? Is you know, Kenny just standing there nicely while he runs and does costume changes for all these. And then Kenny at one point near the end of the movie says, while in the treehouse, he's like, great, I've got to defend this place, you know, by myself with a split personality. And you're like, oh, of course. Yeah. So Ernest has split personality disorder. At the very least, at most, he's a magic. It's called multiple, multiple personality, personality disorder. disorder. Yeah. It's That's no longer. Person- well, well actually, actually, it's not no, even it's called that. Dissociative it's identity. Thank you. DID. Yes. Yeah, we've, we've got to use the right terms. Yeah. Dissociative, right. dissociative identity dissociative, disorder. Yeah. yeah, we've got to make sure we use the right terms. Thank you for catching it. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's weird. And that's by far more an interesting plot line. And it could be even a darker plot line mm-hmm. as to investigating why he has dissociative disorder. And that's the earnest movie I want to see. <laughs> like, let's let's get the split 
or was that the one with James McAvoy? Yeah, Split. Yeah, Split. Let's get the Ernest Split movie. Yeah, that's what I want to see, right? Like, I would pay money to see that, right? Him arguing it out in and in basically and like him morphing into different things in front mm-hmm. of you. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Right. So we see it from Ernest's point of view, and it definitely implies that, you know, Kenny or whatever his name is, is just watching it all happen and takes it like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, at all. Well, this is just what happens when your best friend is a 40 year old janitor. Yeah. Yeah. Like what kind of skewed worldview is this poor kid going to grow up with now? This kid's got some trauma. Yeah. Yes. yes. He's got some things to work through when he becomes an adult. For mm-hmm. sure. There's no doubt in my mind. So yeah, there's some interesting things about Ernest that's not well thought of. And as a byproduct, he has so many possibilities about this world. Uh, you know, we never bother to explain Agatha Kitt's, uh, her, yes. is she, her character is interesting, but she, oh, right. her house, no one ever bothered yeah. to explain her house. Yeah, Why so the house was the way it was. So her character is old lady Hackmore. Right. Um, and, you know, one of the recurring things is that Ernest has been told by the mayor, by the sheriff, um, who is Kenny's dad, uh, Kenny that we've mentioned before, multiple times to go and clear away all the garbage from the Hackmore place. And w- when we get there, like her house is a freaking castle. Yeah. Like, and, and like all the junk that they're talking about is literally just like when you go in the gate there's just like at first you're kind of sad because you just see like hundreds of empty plastic milk jugs you know just laying on the ground and then as the camera goes through there are literal like literal burning piles of garbage there's like five or six different fires that we saw and and there's just these piles that form this like maze and kind of like a, a mini labyrinth just to get to her front door that has like giant metal fixtures and not quite a drawbridge but almost something that looks like it like some family like this hackmore family apparently had enough money to build a fortress in the middle of missouri because where else i guess not sure um and and now when you go inside like it looks like a gothic castle like there are like giant wall sconces with candles on them everything is either bare stone or bare wood or or just very like you know you're expecting the the mongols to show up at any minute or not the mongols but the gauls rather to show up at any minute and lay siege well it was the botswanians they kept talking about no 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 tiny botswana was a character so this was something else like we we mentioned about like Ernest. you know you kind of had to know the character one of Ernest's things was that he was one of these guys who was like okay so yeah so general custard you know went to the the battle of gettysburg and, and he would just like mishmash all of these random points of history and pop culture and 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 weird crazy nicknames and so tiny botswana was supposedly some fighter who held off genghis khan and the mongols and 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 that was like the first time that we see him flipping through various personalities one of which was kind of a, a creepy genghis khan or something like that and a little bit of brown face that wasn't the greatest yeah we skipped um, that yeah. Yeah. yeah but i'd feel remiss if we didn't at least mention it. it it's it's a product of the times and we're not excusing anything but there was some cultural insensitivities in this movie for the modern day yes, for sure um but yeah and, and so he just he just like gets through all these things and, and he gets into a really hyper manic you know really excited explanation about it. he's like say so see what i mean and everyone's just kind of like blinking at him Sure, Ernest. Yeah, totally. No idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's odd. It, it's it's a strange thing, and we're never once explained. Now we find out later that it's uh, her brother and sister have been held captive by this troll for a hundred years, and yeah, so they, yeah, they pop they pop back out. So she's a hundred year, at least a hundred year old woman. Oh, and, she's got to be like probably at least like a hundred and five or hundred and ten, oh, because like when when her brother and sister come out, they're like Sister Francis. Yeah. So they recognized her. Yeah, it wasn't just like, wait, you were a baby. Like she had to be old enough to have had, you know, some kind of relationship with them before they got turned into wooden dolls back in 1891. Yeah, so w- that's not explain how she's lived so long. It's also doesn't explain how they recognize her right away. And it's right. just a lot of things that's interesting about her that but they don't bother to explain at all. So there's a lot to process <laughs> in this movie for sure. When you really start thinking about it, it really falls apart mm-hmm. or it, 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 
which I like to do is whenever there's plot holes, I just kind of come up with why this may be the way it is. So again, you know, there's obviously something going on with her that we never got to see. And it's just interesting how like she has a castle. No one bothers to explain why, mm-hmm. you know, all of these different things. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good in the worst possible way. So, so, so they, they, the whole time they're trying to figure out there's like something that will defeat the troll and it's M I space oh, K and like, you know, throughout this movie when they're doing the treehouse and he's first release and they're in a season for the first time, there's like this, this open, like cooler, one of those old igloo lunchbox coolers. And there's just like, there's, you know, like some sandwiches probably down into there and like maybe banana we see or an apple, but like on top of all that, like so that they're kind of poking out, we see six open containers of lunchroom milk, like those, those small little, like what, like half pint, yeah. quarter pint yeah. cartons, whatever. I was like, yes, because there's four of them. So we're just going to open up six milks and leave them partially open and partially drunk. And it's because, you know, plot device, yeah. um, you know, these trolls are scared of milk. It's what can defeat them. Um, well, fast forward, you know, Trantor gets his, his five souls, his five wooden kid dolls and these giant booger brussels sprout troll seedlings you know start falling and and you know these trolls are born from the earth um and you can kill them with milk like you know these adults are are just being chased by them like uh, of course uh, at the end of the movie the entire town is like at this tree just as these trolls are being birthed and you know instead of like trying to fight them they're just running crazy like the sheriff gets handcuffed to the side mirror of his patrol car while two of the trolls take his pistol one of them you know gobbles the bullets and this was my favorite part just because i got to watch some of eric's soul die for once instead of the other way around (laughs) another troll grabs a wooden plank and smacks him on the back of the head with it which causes the bullets to fire from his mouth one at a time at the sheriff who is less than six feet away and of course never once strikes him (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so but the kids are smart enough to you know fill their super soakers up great product placement by the way super soaker you know with milk ever in this movie i forgot to mention that keep going i'm sorry oh yeah no problem or or just using like an open container of milk or carton of milk as like a a a grenade to like throw it in this like car that like hits one of them but somehow all three of them you know disappear when the milk hits them yeah And, and trantor because you know his his dark army has come he gets these you know special demonic powers milk doesn't affect him anymore um so there's this like riddle they've been trying to figure out it's like you know a mother's care and we like eartha kid has this one aha moment of it's a mother's love in the most forced plot device ever there's like a, a parent and child outside this halloween dance and you know the the little girl's like i'm i don't i don't i hate you i don't love you anymore mommy takes three steps turns around I'm sorry, mommy. I love you. And the mom just sighs and goes, I'm sorry too. I love you too. And gives her a big hug. And Eartha Kitt's watching them cry the whole time. Of course, unconditional love, a mother's care. So at, at the end of the movie, we get a great little like scene of, of the troll running at Ernest and Ernest grabs him and spins him around a few times and just plants like just this big old slobbery kiss on his snotty green gunk mucus covered lips looks gross and then he explodes but but when these trolls disappear like they turn into these weird like you know obviously just like drawn onto the cells ghosts a la highlander at the end of highlander but then like do you remember that they actually leave behind like this weird little bubbling pile of blood and bones and there may have been like an eyeball or two. It was really creepy and unnecessary. Gross. Like yeah. you saw, you you just showed us that this thing turned into this like cartoony ghost, and now he's just this pile of ichor as well. Okay, unnecessary. Whatever. Why not? Fits yeah. in with the rest of everything else in this movie, and that it does not fit at all. It's weird, and I'll tell you why. And I was about to say, here's a trivia that I found about this movie. There wasn't a whole lot to find about this movie. It's like people wanted to bury it and pretend it never happened. Right. But the same people who did the prosthetics for this movie were the same people who did killer clowns from outer space. Ah, and I can that's see that. why the trolls look so similar. They were doing an homage to the killer clowns. If you look, there's a few of the trolls look exactly like some of the killer clowns mm. and that's the icker and all this sort of stuff, because that's right up their wheelhouse. That's why I felt a little weird from the movie because they got the production crew that did killer clown they were going to do their way do it their way 
And I mean, that's what if you got to do it, at least do something, <laughs> do something. So that's why the trolls looked so clownish is because of their previous work, which I do think is kind of interesting that uh, that's also a terrible movie, but that's for another time. <laughs> I've actually seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible movie, but the it, kind of fun, terrible, if that makes sense. Sure. So, yeah. That's kind of the trivia there. And that's why you have such kind of a weird tone shift when it comes to like this pile of this puddle of bone and gore. Yeah. And, and you can tell that like they weren't really watching for continuity too much. Um, there's some various things like they go into a convenience store at one point to like get all the milk and and these kids like are literally like riding bikes through a convenience store not a supermarket like a convenience store that is somehow big enough for six of them to come through on bikes like wind their way back through the back alley where the dairy case is just like run their arm along the shelf and knock things into their basket like like kenny knocks off at least like 80 to 100 items off that dairy shelf between like milk and sour cream and whatever and i think he leaves with like six things in his basket but the whole time like this this poor you know clerk who's in there earlier had like saw the troll like at first he's like what are you kids in your costumes i know who you are and and, you know he's got like the broom in like one hand and then it cuts back to him a second later and it's in the other one just things like that but like my favorite one is that um we have this ridiculous chase scene we see it like well four ridiculous chase scenes when they're in the treehouse at the end of Ernest with like two of these trolls like running around like a central you know limb the trunk of the tree and like and there's a whole third so you can like jump through at one point and it's just like like going back to like just to watch Eric get more and more discouraged each time it came back up and and Kenny finally like comes up and like throws milk on them and they disappear and like literally then it like goes down to showing old lady Hackmore showing up and pulling these like four wooden dolls from her bag and putting them in the tree and like for some reason like one of the trolls that was just killed by Kenny up in the tree like walks by her with an axe like not acknowledging like the old woman like reaching into the magic hidey hole where you know Trantor has been storing these like the souls of these wooden doll kids or whatever it's like oh yeah that's cool just carry on lady like just walks past her and it's one of the ones that was just killed yeah yeah. I was like yeah like we don't we don't care like they're attacking like any other person but oh the old lady who's in you know the magic hidey hole just like she gets a pass for some reason yeah <laughs> it's just yeah you know you could tell that the minimum amount of thought was put into this movie I mean oh, it yeah. gave people jobs it's like kids are like this yeah they gave yeah. people jobs like, kids are dumb <laughs> yeah and that, that that cynical approach to kids is amazing to me that they're like ah kids are dumb yeah, yeah and then that and then you could tell Ernest or uh Jim's uh Barney's uh previous commercial success because there was product placement everywhere. Oh my gosh. Like so Coca-Cola much. super soaker, like oh so uh, I couldn't even Dunkin begin Donuts to randomly makes oh, yeah. appearance. That's just right. So about much. It was just awful. So yeah, it just <laughs> it just made me laugh. There was just so much product placement. It was kind of funny, but yeah, it mother's milk. I you know here's the thing. I can't get too mad at milk being the troll, the the death of the trolls because the whole thing is unbelievably stupid anyway. So might as well just lean into a a dumb convenient plot resolver, right? Just throw milk mm-hmm. at. Them. I mean, it's not any dumber than what the rest of the movie's like. So I guess I don't need an explanation as to why that works. <laughs> 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 oh, too funny. Well, I am going to go and wash my eyes out with everything <laughs> possible. And we will leave it at that. So well, this was I was going to say it's a fun exercise. It was an interesting exercise. I'll give you that, Brandon. It was interesting mm-hmm. to see. Uh, fun is a strong word. We made it fun. Yeah. And, 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 and I gotta, I gotta admit that like at that, you know, Kenny makes the comment about the multiple personality, like literally 10 minutes before the end of the movie. And we all just kind of had this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. this is something like crack.com could like break apart and really with their brains figure yeah. out like how I wish that was works. still a thing. I wish that was still a thing. Our RIP cracked. <laughs> RIP. <laughs> They're still around, but they're just not the same. Anyway, well, thanks for around anymore. No, they are. It's just very limited. By the way, some of the you know, if you're not familiar with Crack.com, go back to their old stuff. That's fabulous work. Soren Bowie, Daniel O'Brien, Jack O'Brien, Jason uh, Pardon. Yeah, Jack Pardon, rather. Yeah, they're Freddie Wong. Freddie Wong. Those are not Freddie Wong. Jason Wong. Jason Wong. Thank you. Yeah, fabulous. Now they've all gone on to very famous projects, but yeah, check them out in their early years. 
when they were on crack.com there there's a youtube channel find their stuff it's amazing mm-hmm. so we'll end it on that positive note. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed uh, watching an old ancient movie that no one should probably unearth, but we did anyway. So, uh, well, I've been Eric. We're joined by our other two hosts, uh, my best friend, Brandon, and my mom, Sandy. If you can think of a movie that we should watch, let us know. There's a few ways to do that. First of all, you can find us on our Facebook page, which is You, Me, Your Mom. You can also find us on our Instagram, which is You, Me, Your Mom Podcast. That's You, Me, Your Mom Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, which is You, Me, Your Mom. And and uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you certainly can do that as well. And most places that you can find your podcast, there's a cool little button that says leave a voicemail. Leave a voicemail and we can feature your lovely voice right on the podcast. You can also find us by email, which is you, me, your mom, 99 at gmail.com. That's you, me, your mom, 99 at gmail.com. And that's spelled Y O U M E Y O U R M O M, 99 at gmail.com. Thanks, Brandon. Hey, if you like what we do, tell your family and friends. That's the best way that you can spread this podcast. We are growing, but that's all up to you guys. So if you like what we do, uh, tell everybody. Leave us a review also on iTunes and wherever else, such places like Stitcher. That really helps us out. Five stars. Five stars. (laughs) It puts us on the algorithm and people will find us that way. So those are two really great ways to help us as we go forward with our podcast. Hey, bye. Before I forget, we have some announcements coming up. I want to save them, but they're just really cool surprises. So So for those that are still with us right now, just stay tuned. We're going to make some announcements soon. All right. Well, thanks so much. And wherever you are in the big wide world, just remember, it can always get worse. We'll see you all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.